the next movie. May I introduce it? Of course. Go ahead. <laughs> hold on. I need to check. Double check the name. Shit. Hold on. Our BFI movie of the week is a 1974 film directed by Reiner Werner Fassbender. It is called Ali Fear Eats the Soul. It is about two lovers who live in a little country with the worst dental care available. And uh, it's about their romance and the doorways that they live in. <laughs> the doorways that they live in. <laughs> oh. Also, I find it funny that the last two films that we've, we've reviewed, Kess and Ali, you commented on the physical aspects of people in the film yeah. first before anything else. That's all I could think about. <laughs> I didn't even notice the teeth all that much. I, I might have in the moment. Really? Yeah. Well, Ke the the <laughs> the inhabitants of Kess are severely devoid of sunlight, and uh, the people in the world of Ali <laughs> uh, desperately need toothpaste. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I have seen Ali Fears <laughs> the Soul before. It is the only yes. Fassbender film I've seen. I think that's a shame. I just haven't gotten around to. to I wasn't to aware that, that this was his big one. This is one of his big ones. Yeah, it is also such an interesting film from from a production level. Mm -hmm. This is going to blow some people's minds, particularly people who know about film production. This film went into production and was finished editing in three weeks. So the entire <laughs> film production, it all it, it only took three weeks? It was like three or four weeks. It was really quick. That's insane. It it, it really is. This was like a side what was the rehearsal for Fastbender. What was the pre-production on this? I don't know. It probably wasn't even that long. Fastbender, so Fastbender is just another interesting director. I love directors that are interesting. Thank God most of them are. Yeah. You have to be kind of a little special brand of weird in order to be a good director. You do. And I'll be honest, I have never heard of this movie, and I always assumed he was more famous for Berlin, Alexander Platz, and um, Fox and His Friends. Those are the two big ones I've heard of. Mm -hmm. I've wanted to watch. Oh Fox my god, and his he's for a while, in this movie. He is, yeah. He's so that guy. The man. Oh, interesting. The man made like forty films in the span of ten years, and then died at the age of thirty-seven. <laughs> Probably 37? because he overworked himself. Yeah, he died That's early. Insane. Yeah. Well, because he's also, hasn't he also made like two different TV series? Three, I think. Oh, no. Because there's Eight Hours Don't Make a Day, which I, oh, I take it back. I've seen some more Fastbender. I've seen the first three episodes of Eight Hours Don't Make a Day. Fun little TV show. He's made Berlin Alexanderplatz and something else. He has made so much. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking through his filmography on Letterboxd now. This is insane. And he died early. It's a shame. It's one of the, the great shames of cinema with someone, a director leaving us if too just If he just spaced it out a little more. <laughs> well, uh, just like if he, if he didn't, like if he didn't drug overdose and he kept the same pace up, I think he probably would have been one of the most prolific filmmakers of all time. Up there with uh, well, to be Takashi yeah. Miike. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure being drugged up is a huge reason he accomplished this many films and such a short time anyways but no that does blow my mind that it's only three weeks because this film feels very rehearsed very rehearsed performances so, specifically yeah i'm curious what did you think besides people's teeth <laughs> uh, okay well you know this is i i'm glad you brought it up when we were discussing do the right thing because racism in movies is one of those things that 
I'm very hesitant towards, not because I don't think it's important, but because I often find that the most egregious films about racism, Driving Miss Daisy, Green Book, are movies that treat racism as some people are racist, but you just got to show them who you are. You know, Mm -hmm. when, like you said, racism's a lot more systemic and deeply rooted than just a few people don't like you because of the color of your skin. There's a lot of different elements in the way that societies are set up that influence or they allow racism to grow. So this movie, I felt like sort of towed that line between just being, oh, these people just need to know who you are. But there's a lot more nuance to it, I think. Um, So it doesn't fall into that category. Uh, I do think towards the end, it loses a bit of its focus and its luster. But I do think the core depiction of racism in this movie is interesting and effective. It's like you said with Do the Right Thing, where the Do the Right Thing's racism, it's it's explosive, it's in your face. Uh, this movie is similar in that the racist people in it seem so cartoonishly evil and antagonistic and racist, and it's set up against this realistic execution that it feels off, but... I don't know. It's it's still I think there are little glimmers of this of hope in this movie that mm-hmm. keep it from getting that cartoonishly evil, like the police officers um, who come to check on the noise disturbance. The landlord who is discussing the marriage with the two other women. So because of these inclusions, it makes it less about racism in general. And it sort of pairs the racism up with a generational divide, which I think is what saves this movie for me. Yeah, I, what an interesting position to be in, because you're making a film about racism in, <laughs> let, let's also Germany. comment, uh, Germany. Michael uh, yes. Haneke is German. He's Austrian. Yes. Uh, Fassbender is also German. Uh, Michael Haneke mm-hmm. made Code Unknown in France. Uh, a country less decidedly tied to racism and prejudice and well, this film less less yeah. tied to not less well okay to be fair no one beat the germans at racism no they're the world record holder in racism and that's probably more of a public perception thing uh, i think there are mm. i don't know maybe america has them beat just because we we keep holding on uh our, our racism is very flashy I don't know. It's, it's such a funny current, thing. We're the current... Uh, well, I don't know. Continue. Sure. So, uh, right, this is a film that was made in the aftermath of World War II. It is a film that references Hitler, the Nazi party. Our main uh, character, the woman, was a member of the Nazi party. And it's treated very kind of matter-of-factly. Like, oh yeah, I was a member. Everyone was. And you get, and Mm -hmm. I just get the sense that that's just kind of how it was that like you were and then 1945 rolls around and now you're not and suddenly out of fashion. And well, because, you know, she, well, she makes a point of making, there's a clear separation between her and her father because the way that she stated her involvement in the Nazi party was, okay, this is something you kind of had to do. Whereas her father obviously seemed a lot more the the hail hitler type but yeah continue you know it's an interesting dynamic is that she's you know falling in love with an arab man and she's very frankly just kind of matter of factly talking about how 
this history of Hitler. And she asks him, she just asks him, do you know Hitler? And it's just interesting from at least from this perspective now, because I think this yeah. film has grown. It is aged like a fine wine, like many. The sad thing, the really sad thing is, is you really don't want these films about prejudice aging well and being continually <laughs> topical. And yet somehow they manage yeah. to be continually topical. I hate it. I, I hate where we're at now. I wish we were in a different place. But that being said, this film is, it's just like you watch, watch it now and it still is relevant. And that's what I think is very interesting about it. The fact that it is, it's very much a product of when it was made. It feels um, 70s-ish, European, yeah. and yet relevant for today. Just like Code Unknown does, but Code Unknown is much more modern film. So kind of feels more natural. This film, the the prejudice. So with regards to the ending, I find the ending actually really interesting. Not the ending. It's not like the final, the actual ending, but the last third of the film in that the, the argument of the film isn't so much about racism, I want to say. And it's more about, because it's not so much about Ali himself, about him being an Arab. It is in the beginning, but it moves away from that. And it moves into something very interesting that is why people are display this behavior. And it presents this idea that people do this and the people of Germany are repeating similar behaviors from before that are because of wanting to fit in with mm -hmm. just the kind of very simple, the very personal societal pressure of you just want to fit in. And you, if you think everyone else will treat you better, if you do X, you will treat another person poorly. And you see that in the, the scene with her, she's a, uh, cleaning lady and she gets back she goes back to work after a trip with Ali and she's suddenly welcomed back into the group and now they have someone else to shun who you don't even really know what she's done they just don't pay attention to her they move away from her and treat and shun another person now and the film is almost always saying like look it doesn't even it's it's something that might be even beyond racism about race it's just a human tendency to mistreat other humans because of mm -hmm. a perceived in in crowd mentality and some and that you know racism someone being another skin that's a visual being in a different group but there's also people treating other people horribly because of other reasons beyond that and it's a much more base kind of instinct of trying to fit in and doing the wrong thing because of that yeah you know it's i i see that um but there, there's i feel like it's so much of it is rooted in the racism aspect that i was more confused by the third act when seemingly everyone around her gets a change of heart like i know some of them are more well explained like the shopkeeper his wife mm -hmm. from the beginning with this altercation with uh with ali obviously she from the beginning uh, understood that her husband was being kind of an idiot so him or her being her coercing him into uh, um, burying the hatchet makes sense. But the cleaning ladies stuff, that part, I'm like, OK, well, one, you guys were being awful to her mm -hmm. recently. 
And I know that one of the, the main instigator is the one who got sent away for stealing. And I can see how the combination of that and the time that she was gone might sort of uh, level those feelings off a bit. But just the willingness of her to accept those people back into her life is kind of what, I don't know, rubbed me the wrong way, especially her son. Um, when her son comes back. Well, I think it let me say two things. One, I think the film does make it clear that she is she's torn. The film begins with the a little saying that um happiness is not always fun. And the film very much explores this idea that she is they've they've found this kind of peace and happiness together, her and Ali. And yet everything around them is making them incredibly sad and not happy at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's dealing with that kind of messy dichotomy. And I don't think the film handles it perfectly. I I do agree with you. I'm just philosophizing on the ideas that the film is trying to present. And yeah, I do think it, it isn't necessarily explained all that well. And I think partially is that uh, Fassbender assumes that you see the shopkeeper and his reasoning and you're supposed to assume that's what the rest of them are doing yeah and i don't completely understand ali as a character because i understand very much why the woman would fall for ali she's older lonely ali's attractive you know he's, he's nice to her takes her dancing or whatever I don't understand Ali's infatuation with her. And I understand that, you know, love can cross many boundaries, be it uh, age, race, language. But I never got that scene, that connection that made me think that his pursuit was genuine. For a while, I just thought she he was pursuing her because. You know, he, maybe he wanted money or a place to live. It becomes clear early on that his infatuation is genuine, but I still never understood why. And that paired with his. Maybe it's a a translation issue, but he his his version, his like broken English at times almost feels like caveman E in the way he's Mm. like me do this, me do that. And it's it's a very weird way to portray your character who doesn't understand english all that well because usually when you again this is why i think it's a translation issue because usually if you have a character who's struggling to speak the language there's like little weird erratic bursts of well-formed sentences he literally speaks like a caveman like yoda and it makes him feel overly foreign in a way that i think the movie is i don't understand the characterization of him and it's hard to explain why but it's I understand the one half. I don't understand his half. And I think that's why I was hesitant going into this. No, I, I, I do agree. I think that the the weaker elements of the film are that Ali isn't really explained all that much, that at the end, it does kind of drop the idea and exploration of racism itself, that it, it kind of goes into a more psychoanalytical perspective of it and like a lot of things it has some pacing issues and that's partially because the film is just it just takes its time it's a very simple film in terms of shot composition in terms of its aesthetics 
and a lot of shots through doorways, through obstructions, um, which often serve as the beginning and endings of scenes um, and not the entire no, scene. I, li- I like this. Yeah. I, I like the visual language. A lot of distance. Visually, I really love this film. Oh, also just to the jump color on your earlier point. Yeah, color sure. scheme's great. Love the yellows. Uh, just to jump on your earlier point about this, there's also being like a high man- mind mentality. I also think that's what makes the the ending conflict pretty compelling. Because you can see that after she has that like breakdown in the in the restaurant while everyone's watching her, that the way that she kind of treats everyone else, she kind of she kind of dips her toe into their mentalities a little bit when she's around the people just to sort of humor them. Um, like when she invites her house cleaning friends back to the house and the way that she's mm-hmm. like showing off Ollie, like he's some sort of prize or an object that, you know, make him feel the muscles. And when he gets upset, he's like, oh, that's just his foreigner mentality. I think that's interesting. And it plays into this idea of her just trying to conform a bit. Um, and I, it, it's it's like that right there is what drives Ali to leave and sleep with the bar owner. But it's not like this huge point of contention where it's obvious that is going to create a rift between them. And I, I like that more nuanced approach to this. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Fassbender was good in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's not in it all that long or all that much. I think the film does a really good job of portraying the arbitrariness of people's prejudices how you know people are often calling her a whore calling him dirty and all these kinds of mean derogatory terms and then it just kind of switches on a dime and it doesn't feel all that unrealistic Mm -hmm. it's one of those films that like you you see the racism of people you see the prejudice of people you see the the kind of group think that people uh, go into and you see it and you're like, how stupid can these people be? Like, what the fuck are you thinking? It's just, he's just a man. Like, what? Like, there's no actual, like, it's so weird from, at least from my perspective. And it, yeah. it at the very least, like, you know, this is like, this is, this happened. This is, people were like this. People are like this. Another thing that I hadn't considered until you brought it up was, um, like I said, there's there's obviously generational divides here, too. Like when the cops go up and the old ladies at the thing like a cop with long hair, times sure are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problems I had with, you know, they're, they're seemingly over the top racism. I'm also just now thinking, OK, these women are old. It's Germany in the 70s. They were brought up in a very different Germany. <laughs> I can yes. see how some of this mentality would still exist. And th- in retrospect, that does and actually it's gossip, make... right? Like, it, yeah, a lot of it boils down mm-hmm. to just plain old gossip that people still partake in. Did you think when um, the one of the the people who lived in the house had Ollie go to her cellar? Did you think that she was going to, like, frame him for something? No, but that's just because I had seen the film before. Okay, that's fair. For some reason, is it just because they had called the police, you know, and the police was just like, just turn down the music a little bit. They left, and then they had that scene with the um the landlord with landlords like they're not doing anything wrong. So when one of the women was all of a sudden nice but wanted Ali to go get something from the cellar, I'm like, oh god, she's gonna call the cops and there's gonna be like drugs in the cellar or something. Glad it didn't happen. 
but I don't know. Because uh, then, you know, the the Ollie's wife also is just like, you know, be nice to her and she'll be nice to you. And I guess I was just assuming something bad would happen that whole time. And I'm kind of glad it didn't because that's always kind of a cheap way to get conflict. But yeah, I really have much to, the, else to say. The result of this film being filmed so quickly is that something, some elements, particularly relating to Ali and other things aren't as exactly well defined as you might like them to be. But I think the ideas are there. And it's a, a little, little uh, too slow at points. The the trage- trajectory of the characters and what they want isn't always clear and kind of just lags here and there. But I think at least aesthetically and socially, this is a very interesting film. I'm not sure where or how I would place it on this this BFI list. Uh, what about you? I I don't think I would just because there are movies. I think both the movies that we discussed before this one were much better, um, much better films about racism. So I don't know if I could confidently say this deserves to be on here. However, I will say that I am now very interested in watching more of his movies. I've been wanting to watch Berlin for a while, so I might start that soon. It's a great movie. I think I would also agree. I think Do the Right Thing out of the three movies we talked about probably has the best argument. For being on here, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's a pretty good movie. Ali Fears the Soul, though, also great title too. A unique film from a unique German director. I recommend it quite a bit if this kind of topic interests you. And I really like the visual style. I think it's worth it for that alone. The the dreary European setting. Ugh, never get tired of that. <laughs> never. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. I really liked the the bartender. I th- I thought I thought all the characters in the movie were the performances were great, but they're very real looking people. Um, but holy shit, lady, you're horrible at pouring drinks. You have to pour at an angle so the foam doesn't rise up. And then you only pour like a fourth of the glass in. I know. <laughs> like also, give me some more beer. One of my biggest pet. I have two. I have I have two huge pet peeves in movies. One is when it's scenes of characters driving and they look at the passenger they're talking to for like 20 whole seconds <laughs> and don't look at the road. And my other pet peeve is when people in bars order a drink and they leave when it's like 80% full. This kept happening in this movie. She kept ordering Cokes and then having two sips and leaving. Ali ordered a beer and then immediately took his friends up. <laughs> his house it it also kind of ends abruptly things like that yes you know we've had abrupt endings before in this podcast once or twice Mm -hmm. but this one in particular just kind of fades out and stops yeah i forgot that the ending happens when he has the stomach ulcer which is a very weird place to end it i don't think it's the wrong place to end it i think just the shot composition and the visual language doesn't support the fact that it's ending yeah no i agree that's the thing um, is that, you know, y- you say that there are elements that feel like they're you can definitely feel the three weeks total production time, which I agree. But those the biggest flaws in this are not the actual, you know, visual elements such as the camera work and the performances. It's mainly the writing. So I feel like if the script is a little tighter, I had no idea this was filmed in three weeks and it doesn't really show for me. I think the performances are very they seem well rehearsed. I feel like the camera work is very precise. I'm well, not complex, but you know, 
there's a clear language there, but yeah, the writing definitely could have. The the scene where she's where she breaks down in the outdoor restaurant. That's one of visually one of my favorites. The yellow chairs, the dreary, uh, cloudy day, and there's a great shot in there where I think it's the last shot where the camera, she's crying and it's close up and it just pulls out to her and Ali sitting in amongst all these empty chairs. Mm-hmm. Visually great. That's probably my favorite favorite shot in the film. All right, we talked about three films this week. Okay, we did. Well, you never did. A lot of movie. That's true. That's true. You're right. We may have a guest next week. We might have Nick on again. Wonderful. We discussed doing Phantom Thread as our one of our oh, yeah. extra films. Uh, that's something we can do. It might not be next week. Soon, though. I think that'd be nice. Uh, I don't know. Well, what's uh, the movie? Palm Springs. You heard about that? Yeah. My my family watched it last night. That looks interesting. Might, we might want to talk about that. It does. Yeah. Anyway, the BFI film of next week is a... I honestly couldn't tell you if we're on the director's or critics list. It is a film from Spain. It is The Spirit of the Beehive. Oh, okay. Interesting. I've been wanting to see this for a long time. Isn't this kind of recent? Like 1973 recent? Well, in the grand scheme of things. No, I actually speaking Wait, of no, this one says mm-hmm. what? This this must be a mistake. What did you search? Oh, I, I I searched Spirit of the Beehive, um, and then for some reason on the Google results it said filmed nineteen seventy three, released two thousand six. Oh, I see two thousand six here. Yes, is there a two thousand six version? All right. Anyways, it might be a re release. It's a re release. Okay, there you go. So this film, uh, it's about the, the Spanish Civil War. I actually watched a documentary that I'm going to recommend uh, recently called The Silence of Others, mm-hmm. which is on Netflix. It, is, uh, it was produced by uh, Pedro Almodovar, and it is a documentary about the lasting effects of the f- uh, Franco fascist regime in Spain in uh, mm. and how people are dealing with it in today uh, modern times very very good documentary nice and short i recommend it i'm uh, i've seen this film before oh you have i think we only have like two or three left that i haven't seen oh wow a lot of uh, rewatching here anyway i am curious to rewatch this one i don't think i really paid attention all that much the first time i watched it it's not a film thing it's a me thing so glad that i get the chance to rewatch the film okay and we'll figure out what else we're watching. Can I make the obvious suggestion? Sure. Well, do you know the, what do you think the obvious suggestion is? The B movie. <laughs> oh, the, the second most obvious. <laughs> I don't know what the second most obvious one is. It would be uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, 